we got two walls knocked out. It's a little bit different up here, but man, what a blessing that is. Amen. <clears throat> if you have an opportunity, I just want to say this as we begin. Hey, invite a friend. Invite somebody that you know. Invite somebody to come and be a part of what we're doing here at Fountainhead. Because, you know, as a congregation, the thing that we want to do, and I know that the elders pray for and, and us as members pray for also, is that the things that we do will be in accordance to God's will. Amen? And if we do that, what a blessing that is to be a part of something that is pleasing to God and is something that God is happy that we're doing, right? I mean, <clears throat> it's okay to go to a place and feel good, but what a blessing it is to go to a place and know that it's pleasing to the Lord, right? I mean, what a, a blessing it is to be able to go and worship God knowing that you're doing it in truth and in spirit, right? That's a blessing uh, just doesn't have anything to do with my lesson, but what an encouraging thing to see you all. What an encouraging thing to know that there are other people who want to worship and praise an awesome God. Amen? An awesome God who's worthy to be praised and is worthy of everything that He gives us, both materially and spiritually. Uh, we just uh, took a remembrance of what Jesus did for us so that we could have a hope of heaven one day, and that is just an awesome, awesome thing. And we get to do it every single week. We get to think about it. We get to remember it, to recharge our uh, battery, to go and serve Him uh, the best of our ability, right? So we're continuing this Beautiful Mind uh, series on the study of the Beatitudes, and we come to Matthew chapter 5, Verse 5, we're not going to be there very long, but as Todd read, verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Many people in the world and even in the church today, when they hear the word meek, they immediately think of someone who is weak, right? Right? I looked up on my phone the, the definition of meek and it said quiet, gentle, easily imposed on, and submissive. I was reading about you know some illustrations and some things to kind of get our minds on the thought of meekness and I came upon, upon a uh, story of a group and it was in quotes, a submissive people. And they had a group name, and the group name was the Doormats. The Doormats was a spelling, it was all the things spelled out, and it's dependent organization of really meek and timid souls. That's the Doormats. And they had a motto. And the motto was, the meek shall inherit the earth, if that's okay with everybody. Right? We think of a meek person, we're going to do this if it's all right with you, right? The world's view, and I'll be honest, this was my view at one time, that someone who is meek was a pushover. Somebody you could take advantage of, right? But this could be the furthest from the truth when talking about biblical meekness. 
This is a really awesome study, y'all. The Beatitudes are a blessing for our life, really and truly, because it really gets to the heart of who you are as a child of God. And really, even more importantly, it gets to the heart of who Jesus is. You know, Jesus says He was meek in Matthew eleven twenty nine, And we also know that the Bible talks about Moses being meek in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. And we know that neither one of them was weak, right? So this morning I want to shed some light on this powerful beatitude. I want to just for a few minutes look at what Jesus wants us to understand from this statement. And the very first point that I'd like for us to consider this morning is what is meekness? What is meekness? Biblical meekness. Not the world's view, God's view. When you hear the statement, strong enough to be gentle, what do you think? Strong enough to be gentle. If we had to be honest with ourselves, would we say that when we face tough situations, that we follow this motto? Because this is exactly what Jesus is talking about in the Beatitude. What we see Jesus doing is showing the ones who want to be His followers, who want to be His disciples, to show them how they must be. Not only poor in spirit, not only one who mourns over and hates sin, but now someone who is meek. Boy, those sound like some wimpy characteristics, don't they? Some wimpy characteristics. Poor in spirit. Mourning, meek. But the word, the Greek word praos, is, it doesn't just suggest weakness. No, Jesus is not talking about a person who is a pushover or a doormat. Somebody that gets stepped on because they're a Christian trying to do the right thing. You remember when Peter pulls out his sword in the garden? And he cuts off the ear of the high priest servant, the high priest servant. What does Jesus say to him? Think about this. Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. And then catch what he says. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? This is the definition of meekness. No, what this word does is it indicates strength. The Greek word means mildness in disposition. And catch what else it means. It's brought under control. The Greek word means to be brought under control. Wayne Jackson was talking about this word and he says, the ancient Greeks employed the term to describe a wild horse tamed to the bridle. A wild horse tamed to the bridle. You know how wild a horse is, right? If it's wild. No, now it's calm. It has the strength to be wild. It has the strength to kick you, right? I mean, me and Isaac was watching a video of a guy trying to brand 
the horse, and that horse kicked and knocked that guy clear across the field. He hit the fence. No, they have the strength, but now they're tamed or controlled by the bridle. That's what this Greek word means. That's a strong word. That's a powerful word for us, brethren. So if we make the application for us today, the person that Jesus is talking about, the one that will inherit the earth, is the one who has channeled his strengths to the service of God. The meek person is the one who has submitted to do God's will. The word carries the idea of restraint, though one has the power to do something. Think about that. It carries the idea of restraint, though you got the power to do something about it, right? You remember Jesus said, turn the other cheek, somebody smacks you in the face? How hard is that for us to not go and smack them back? Probably pretty hard, right? It's restraint knowing that you have the power to do something. That ain't no weak word. That ain't somebody who's got a weak personality. That's not somebody that's a pushover. No, as we just saw from Peter, the example with Peter, Jesus wasn't weak. But being meek is someone who bears insults without lashing out in resentment or retaliation. Being meek means thanking God in every circumstance and using every circumstance, whether good or bad, to submit to Him. You remember? Poor in spirit. I can't do nothing without you. I hate sinning against you. So I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Meekness means someone who has self-control. True meekness is seen in Christ. And I said, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, look at what it says. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus wants us to take this yoke upon us and learn from Him. Why? Because He is gentle. There's the word, prios, meek. Because I am meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. He was submissive. He never resisted or disputed the will of God. Never. Because of His meekness, He had absolute trust in the Father. And could therefore show, listen to what He could do. Because of this meekness, He could show compassion. He could show courage. And He could show self-sacrifice. This is deep, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I read that and I've read the Beatitudes a bunch of times and passed right over meek. Well, that's an easy one, right? That's an easy one, be, be just a wimp, basically. No, 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 no. This is somebody who's under control. So how do we develop this meekness? Turn with me to uh, Psalm 37. How do we develop meekness? And we're going to be here for just a little bit. I love a psalm. Psalm 37, 11, and we're going to look at it in a minute, uh, is what Jesus refers back to when He talks about 
Uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, Psalm 37, 11 says, But the meek shall inherit the earth. So how do we develop this meekness? What we're going to do, and just real quick, is paint a picture. Y'all know how to paint a picture. I'm terrible at painting a picture. But if I'm doing it by the Bible, it's going to be a beautiful picture, right? Y'all going to love this picture because it's a biblical picture. I ain't got nothing to do with it. Thank the Lord I ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm terrible at drawing stick men for Libby. Y'all didn't even laugh at that one, man. I am terrible at it, seriously. Jokes are not in right now for me. I'll get it. I'll get y'all one. I still got two jokes that I've held back for a while. I'm going to bust them one out. Maybe tonight. I'm going to come with a joke tonight, all right? And y'all going to laugh. Come back and listen to this joke when I come out with it. <clears throat> so look at this. I want to look at the first eight verses. This is good stuff, y'all. Just give me a few minutes and dive into the Word of God and let it bless your life. Just dive into it with me. Look at what the first thing says. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall be soon cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now remember what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is figure out how to develop this meekness in our lives. Well, the first thing that this psalm says is don't fret over the evildoers. Y'all ever heard of that word fret? The Hebrew word is a, it's an awesome word. It means to glow. It means to grow warm. It means to blaze up or to become hot or angry. We're not talking about just getting a little bit mad. We're talking about it totally consuming us. We're talking about getting really upset at watching the evildoers succeed in life. You know what I'm talking about? You know those people that are just doing whatever they want right now because they think that it's the good life or it's better than being here trying to worship the Lord? The Bible says don't fret about it. Don't give it the power. A person who is wanting to develop the characteristic of meekness has not to worry about the prosperity of the wicked. The wicked will see their day and it could come at any moment. So to, just think about this. So if you give the wicked the power, then what you're doing is you become consumed by it. And the Bible is saying, don't fret over it. Don't get mad over it. Because that's silly and it's ignorant. Boy, we don't want to be called ignorant, do we? I don't like to be called ignorant. But if we fret over the evildoers, we're being ignorant to the Word of God. We're not listening to what God's Word tells us. So those who are meek know that their family, their work, their life is in God's hands. They understand setbacks and obstacles and opponents in life won't affect them. And they'll not going to produce bitterness and anger in their life. A meek person knows how to look to the Lord for everything. 
The second thing is they trust the Lord. Look at this. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Meet people trust what the Lord says. That will work for them and be there for them in the times of trouble. I know the Lord's going to be there for me. I know He's going to do what He says He's going to do. Therefore, I'm going to trust what He says in the situations. See, what this is doing is it's building a type of person in you. I'm not going to worry about the evildoers, and I'm going to trust what God says. And look what He says after that. He says, verse 4, Delight yourself in the Lord. That Hebrew word right there means to be happy about or to be merry over. A meek person is one who is happy about doing God's will. Now, think about that. You're in a tough situation. You're supposed to do God's will. A person who doesn't really want to do God's will in the tough situation is going to be more likely to not do it, right? But if somebody loves to do God's will, we talked about it in Hebrews class. If you love your job you're not really working, right? If I love my job, I'm not really going to work because I love it. I love doing what I do. If I love doing God's will, if I'm happy to do God's will, I'm going to do it all the time. Ain't I? In the tough situations, when somebody's saying something real crazy to me, when somebody's saying something out of line to me, I'm going to keep my composure. Peter, Peter pulled the sword out and cut dude's ear off. Jesus says, you don't think I could call angels from heaven to come down here and take care of this situation? That's not what it's about. Peter, it's about being under control. Brethren, it's about being under control in the toughest spots. That's shining light, boy. That is shining light. Look at what verse 5 and 6 says. It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Now, the word right here for commit means to roll. Why do I always bring up these definitions of the words? Because it's beautiful. Listen to this concept. The Hebrew word for commit right there means to roll forward, to roll ahead, to roll to something. Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to roll my health, my relationships, my fears, my frustrations, all to the Lord. I roll them to Him. I'm going to take this mess off of me and I'm going to put it right here on you, God. Thank you. Isn't that what he says? I appreciate it. That's what I wanted you to do. I've been waiting for you to do that. I've been waiting for you to commit your ways to me and stop stressing out over it. But boy, that one's a hard one, ain't it? Which brings us to the next point. This is a creating a, a meek person. Brethren, go home and dwell on this for the week. Think about these things that you can increase and watch how your life changes. Put it into play. Do these things. 
Put them into practice. Don't just say, man, those are some long points that Matt put up there. No, just say, you know what? I'm going to use them really long points that Matt put up there, and I'm going to try and apply it to my life this week. I'm really going to try and use it. I'm going to try and use it because I do all of these things, and then the last thing in verse 7 he says to do is rest in the Lord. And not only rest in the Lord, but wait patiently for Him. And watch how it finishes off in verse 7 and 8. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. That's the Bible. That's the truth. Don't fret. Don't be upset. Don't look out at what everybody else is doing and how they're succeeding in life, partying their life away. It don't matter. Because the wicked are going to be cut down like the grass and they wither as a green herb. It's not the point. The point is fix your eyes on me and I'll make you unbelievable. We're talking about it in Proverbs class. He's crying out to people for wisdom. And he says, oh, simple ones, when are you going to stop being so simple? When are you going to quit living in simplicity? Why don't you want to grow and be smart and be changed? I want to change you. Do you want to be changed? I say, Lord, change me. Don't you cry that out? Don't you pray for that? Lord, let me get better today than I was yesterday. Let me get stronger than I was yesterday. A meek person is free from continuous worry. They put it in its place in God's hands. Do we worry? Yes. Should we work on getting that worry out of our lives? Absolutely. The meek person loses all of these things and then what's left? Peace. This is huge, y'all. Look at verse 11. He says all of these things... And then he says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the what? In the abundance of peace. There it is. There it is, brethren. When we start applying these and continually apply them to our lives, peace comes in our lives. And there is a meek person peaceful Absolutely. I want to be around a meekful person, really, if I'm struggling. I want to be around somebody who's meek when I need some loving, when I'm just down and out and just had a tough day and just maybe need a hug or somebody to talk to. I'd love to be around a meek person. The beatitude gives us the understanding that Christians, followers of Jesus, are meek. They're poor in spirit. They know God's the only one that can do it. They hate sin. They don't want it a part of their life. And therefore, they're meek. Their manner is under control in the toughest spots. This is great stuff. They know that having anger and wrath a part of their life will only cause harm. Now, when these qualities are who we are as a person, then we are blessed. That's what Jesus says. You're blessed if you do this. You ain't weak 
from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, He said, you are blessed. Boy, I'll take that any day, won't you? I'll take that any day. So the third thing that I want to talk about is what does it mean to inherit the earth? What does it mean to inherit the earth? What's Jesus talking about? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now I'm going to have to uh, talk about this a little bit and put some stuff together, so just hang with me, okay? There's two things that come together that make this so beautiful. The first is what we just talked about. You doing your part. You doing what you're supposed to do, and therefore you are a meek-mannered person, right? But the true beauty of this is we got to put ourselves in the minds of the first century audience. They understand that the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And watch how many times David talks about inheriting the land. In verse 9 he says, Those who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. In verse 22, For those blessed by Him shall inherit the earth. Verse 29, The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Verse 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. What is David talking about? We have to remember what the hope of Israel was. When the prophesied Messiah would come, He would rule a kingdom, wouldn't He? He was going to come and have this kingdom and it was going to be established. And what did they think? That He was going to just wipe out all the other kingdoms. Isn't that what Daniel 2.44 says? It says, and in the days of these kings, this was the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had of this big statue and it had all these different types of uh, metal in it and it was all these different nations and then it said that there was going to be this stone that was made without hands and it was going to crush this statue. And it says, in these days, the, these kings of God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So they knew this kingdom was coming. When this Messiah was going to come, He was going to set up this kingdom. But they missed it. They misunderstood it. They thought it was a physical kingdom coming. But it really was a spiritual one. And it wasn't just only for the Jews, it was for anybody. It was for Jew, for Gentile, for man, for woman. Whoever obeys the Lord inherits the earth. Now let me pull this together. Psalms 37 Verse 3 and 4 says this. Look at this and watch it. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then it says, and I'm about finished. Just give me about five minutes and then I'm out. Delight 
It says, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. What makes this passage so beautiful is that we as children of God that have been added to the kingdom that is right now happening on the earth, when we trust in the Lord and feed on His faithfulness, how do you feed on His faithfulness? Through the Word. You understand what He tells you to do and then you do it and you feed on it. When you feed on this faithfulness, then you inherit the earth. See, to the world, the meek seem weak. They're gentle in spirit. They're disciplined to do these things that Jesus says. They're uh, self-controlled. And because they do that, really, they're not the ones who are going to get ahead in life. But to disciples of Jesus, the meek ones who follow the Lord, they know that He is the one leading the path and that we are a part of His kingdom right now. See, being a part of the kingdom of Christ means that nobody's... I love this. I love this. Being a part of the kingdom of Christ means that nobody's become somebody's <laughs> and are given honor. In the kingdom, we enjoy all spiritual blessings, amen? And are ruled by a God that loves us and cares for us so much. Look at verses 23 and 24. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Being a part of the kingdom of God brings one to realize this as they dwell here on earth. A rich man, a well-off man, can't be satisfied with what they have, can they? Somebody who's only worried about the riches of the world and becoming uh, uh, richer and richer and having more to their bank account, they can't get that craving for wanting more and more out of their mind. So everything they do has to be directed to their success at whatever cost, right? But the meek, you know, the ones who... Jesus says are blessed. They have the kingdom everywhere. Think about this. The mountains and the valleys, who do they belong to? The Lord. You know the mountains and the valleys in life, who helps you through those? So the mountains and the valleys, both physically and spiritually, are the Lord's. And the trials that we face, we know that the Father is with us and He upholds us with His hand. Why are the meek blessed? Because they belong to the most powerful kingdom that will never be destroyed. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Therefore my heart becomes what it needs to be and I can say this with confidence. 
as I live here on this earth that I am strong enough to be gentle. I am strong enough to be an example to somebody else. I am strong enough to know nobody can do anything to separate me from the love that I have in Christ Jesus. Amen? Nothing can separate me. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling with your walk as a Christian. Maybe you're here and you're struggling to do what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you need prayers. Maybe you need encouragement. I don't know what it is. You can come forward and we can pray with you. We can hug you and love on you. But maybe you're here and you're not a child of God. Don't wait. Don't miss the opportunity to be a part of the greatest kingdom ever. Heaven is coming. Heaven's on the other side of this. And it's going to be magnificent. Isn't it? It's going to be unbelievable. We couldn't even imagine what it's going to be like. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's not coming from me. That's not coming from what I've been taught. That's what the Bible says. Baptism is for remission of sins. Acts 2.38 says that the, the ones on Pentecost, as they were hearing about Peter talking and the apostles talking about how they had killed the Christ... They were pricked at the heart. They felt bad. And they said, what do we need to do? Peter said, you need to repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. If you need your sins forgiven, if you need to be added to the Lord's body, the family of God, come right now together we stand and sing.